Welcome to the Kirk and Baker Show. I'm David Baker. And I'm Rogers Kirk. And believe it or not, we are still up and going and doing this thing. It's just that we've been so busy with our lives and doing what we got to do. And we wouldn't let snow stop us today. <laughs> oh, no. This was a, a recording on a day that there's even uh, delays in the Davenport schools, which it's kind of rare for Davenport schools to have closure or delays, because I always consider them the gold standard as far as getting the, the lots cleared and getting the kids safely to school. They always have been very good. So when they're closed, that says a lot. Did you notice something that, I don't know if you saw the scroll, they was having, uh, I guess, virtual school? Virtual. You can't, you know I mean, what? You can't skip anymore. <laughs> you, I'm serious. You have virtual school. So I was talking to a, a teacher, and they were telling me that they was, uh, well, we got virtual school. I, call, I called her. Uh, she's a member of our church. I called her, and uh, she said, well, let me put, you know, I'm, they were doing some kind of virtual school, whatever that was. So she had yeah. those. But I'm saying, like, what? You know? <laughs> virtual school. Well, and it started with us at St. Ambrose University during the pandemic. Mm-hmm. And we were forced to flip the script really fast and learn how that worked and to offer classes. Some classes don't lend themselves well to virtual, for example, the production classes and audio video production. And that's a hands-on technique driven, you know, where you learn to edit and you learn to run a camera and things like that. And if you're not physically at school, it's hard to do. Right. But the lecture stuff you can do. But then we have to come up with the technology. How do we bring guests on? So if we have a guest lecturer, they've got a remote in another one. Right. <laughs> so, you know, none of us uh, could physically be here for safety purposes back then. Oh, and we know so much more now. But back then, we were worried about wiping all the surfaces down. Yeah, we did that here, you know. <laughs> we did that at radio. And we had, we, we must have been as antiseptic as an operating room up here. Remember we had the shield? Yeah. We had a plastic shield up audience. We had, of course, we had masks everywhere. I think you and I took our masks off for the broadcast part. Yeah, just just for the broadcast. Because so it we could be heard. behind the shield, yeah. But we could be heard better because it was just. My church, I had gloves on, shields. Gloves, shields, yeah. all that stuff. All right. but. Um, this is uh, the days before Martin Luther King Day, and I would be remiss if we didn't talk about Martin Luther King Jr. and his dream and kind of where we are today. And we're on the cusp of another election, presidential election, of course, as you, anybody who hasn't been hiding under a rock knows that we're getting bombarded with advertising on the Republican side, at least, because the Democrat side, we would hope that the Democratic Party would uh, nominate our incumbent president for that position. That Typically, nice. that does happen. Um, but there have been some challenges in the past. Right. Um, well, in, in Iowa, if you if you know anything, Iowa is the first uh, in the caucuses. So It is. It, it is still for the Republican. Yeah. Now, the Democrat, we've lost that. We, yeah, we lost that. Yeah, but it, we, where are we at then? And Are you more familiar? Because where are we at then in the... No, that, I, I that, well, I think what is new, the New Hampshire now? Mm-hmm. They're first, and are we second or third? I think we're after them, but somewhere along in there. Okay. Well, anywhere after that, yeah, you're right. But yeah, yeah. It, it, we we get all of the news. We got uh, all the candidates. And what is it tonight? They got a debate, CNN debate. There's a debate, and the tonight? snowstorm we had really threw a wrench in the campaigning efforts of the candidates. And uh, so you can't really look at the candidates by on the Republican side by who they are because who they, who they are, what they, what they uh, look like 
what their economic and socioeconomic, their, their racial background, mm. whether their gender is male or female, each of them have an agenda that they're pushing that it's very clear once you listen to what they're doing. Mm-hmm. Uh, so just because a candidate happens to be black or happens to, to, to not be white or not be a male, a white male, uh, does not mean that they represent the agenda of, uh, of the majority Absolutely. out there. So we have an interesting mix of, uh, of people who are running uh, in, uh, for president, and only one of those people are going to make it. That's correct. To that, to that final point. I don't know what Dr. King would say about all this right now, um, but I know Dr. King would be greatly concerned about division in our country. Absolutely. He, he, you can hear in, uh, in his I Have a Dream speech and other speeches that Dr. King has made, what he stood for. Uh, he stood for unity, uh, inclusiveness. Uh, there's so many things that that's opposite today of what he stood for. As we uh, constantly talk about uh, the dreams still being alive but 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 what we're looking for is the dream to come into fruition, you know, at some point. But it's, instead of it, it getting uh, becoming into fruition and getting closer to what dream uh, Dr. King ultimately wanted, uh, and uh, it's getting further and further away. Yeah, instead of it being a dream, a reality. Yeah. Right. Right. And it seems like it's. It, we have we have incidents that happen that are racially motivated and religiously motivated that seem to divide us more. Yeah. And in some ways, I know we've come a long way. What's that old uh, cigarette commercial? You come a long way, baby. Yeah, <laughs> come a long way. But we haven't we haven't climbed up to the top of the mountain yet. I don't think we're on. I don't think we've hit that peak yet. Oh no, not not at all. You know, you talk about that the division. Coming up, you know, it's me and you and I. Uh, back in the day, there, there was always that a, a division, definitely uh, would race. But you yeah. know, it was a lot of it was class, economics, you know, uh, that that kind of thing. That that was that we we could see the difference between uh, those who were who wasn't white, and, right? Uh, but it, it's. It's such a stark difference now. Yeah. You know, it's, it's when we start talking about not only uh, the race and economics, you start talking about other things of like abortion. You start thinking about things like uh, uh, class. Uh, what's this race theory? Critical race theory and mm-hmm. all those kind of things that you're dealing with that that you didn't deal with back then so much when Dr. King was because, uh, you know, we was at that time now correcting a lot of stuff in the history books and things were going. But now it's, it's like, get an eraser out. Let's take that out, you know. Yeah. You know let's take yeah. this out the history book. No, let's, you know, it, that's what we're seeing now. Yeah. And Dr. King, I, I don't know if he would have run for politics at some point. I, I it, maybe into the seventies, if that would have been something he might have done. Um, I think that if he had lived, I certainly think Jesse Jackson would have been a more prominent candidate. Um, I know in 
there was a clamor in 1972 for Jesse to run for president. Um, he ran. He ran. Yeah, he ran for he president. He ran, yeah. And, and look, matter of fact, in the state of Iowa, he won Iowa. He won in 72. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, that's, I don't know what the world would have been like, but, uh, you know, Dr. King might have gotten further into politics. He was a busy man doing all the things that he had to do because in 1968, when he was assassinated, he was helping those people with the uh, uh, Waste Commission. Yeah, in Memphis. In Memphis, the, the sanitation workers. Yeah, sanitation. They were on strike, yeah. and he was down there speaking their cause. <laughs> but also he was yeah. speaking out against the, the war. War, and, and yeah. All, all of those kind of things that he was talking about. So, And he was right on the war, by the way. Absolutely he was correct. He was correct as he talked about, uh, you know, he he was for peace. And I've, if anything about Dr. King, we know uh, – Besides racial uh, 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 racial discrimination and and healing those kind of things, he he was for peace. He, he and, I, and I guess that's why he won the, the Nobel Peace Prize, right? Right, right. Yeah. And the Pachman Terrace Award here that was awarded from the Diocese of Davenport back uh, in the day that would be uh, 1965. I believe he won that. I think it was 65. The first one was 64. They gave it to JFK. Yeah. And then they gave, they gave, uh, they didn't just give it. It was awarded. No, awarded to him. He earned to it. To Martin Luther King Jr. And he came to the Quad Cities to accept that. And there's a famous speech that he gave. And he had such a sense of humor um, that during the award ceremony, he was very knowledgeable. And he knew that this was from the Catholic Church. Mm-hmm. But this is my best imitation of what he said. He said, we have come a great ways today. If the Roman Catholic Church can give a man named Martin Luther (laughs) an award such as this. And, of course, the whole place broke up laughing. And he just really broke the ice with that. And everybody thought, wow, this is is a guy who's really down to earth. And and, uh, through John Deere's assistance, he came to the Quad Cities and visited here to receive that award, and um, he was living in Chicago at the time, I believe. And, uh, yeah, he was stationed in Chicago for a little while. Okay. And uh, But, yeah, I don't know what King would, would do. You know, I think King would be a, a political figure. I think that he would have been in the 70s and into the 80s a political figure had he lived. I mean, we can, we can wonder all sorts of things. But what you, if. But you listen, listen to what he's been speaking, you know, yeah. there's injustice anywhere. There's justice everywhere, you know, all, all those kind of things. So you know where he stood at, you know, uh, and it didn't matter who it was because I saw, you know, there were uh, individuals who, uh, who looked like him, Right. Who was opposed to him because of his stance on nonviolence. And, and it makes you wonder what would have happened, and this is another what if, if Bobby Kennedy hadn't been shot and assassinated. Because there certainly would have been a Kennedy election and a victory. He was enormously popular. Absolutely. He, had, he had won the California primary. And if there hadn't been controversy and there hadn't been... Uh, anything negative out of his administration, and if he had gotten us out of Vietnam, I would have foreseen that he might have won the '72 election, and then and then you're looking at you're getting too far away from what the incident that happened. But you look at the domino effect; something mm-hmm. happens, 
Dr. King gets assassinated. Therefore, what happens to the dynamism in the civil rights movement? Who picks up the baton? Yeah. You know, he had his uh, lieutenants, uh, and he had great people. Andrew Young, Jesse Jackson, yeah. they, were there, they were there with him when, when all this happened. And, uh, but who picks it up? They did good work. Andrew Young did phenomenal work. He did a lot of great work. He was mayor of Atlanta, of course. He was um, a representative to the United Nations That's for right. the United States. He did great work. Jesse Jackson did great work for people. Up with hope, down with dope, right? Operation we can remember push. Yeah. Operation push. We can remember all these great things. Um, but like you said, we still got to struggle. Yes, still a struggle. Every, every day, you know, it's, it's, and you see it, you know, you may, you may be making ends meet, but it's the struggle is so much uh, psychological because you hear so much negative that, that what's going on in our world today. You right. hear that. Well, you see the TV ads just like I do. It's all, all really negative. There's really nothing that's positive about anything. Everything is negative. Well, a lot of things make you very uncomfortable to hear when you're sitting there trying to relax watching some television, if you do. It makes me not want to watch television. But there is a push, of course, to talk about a man is a man, a woman is a woman, mm-hmm. and, uh, and and all of this all of this agenda is being pushed and shoved into a thirty mm-hmm. second announcement. Yeah. Now you either do this, or you're not an American. Right. You do it this way, you're not an American. Yeah, and that's and and, and you hear all that negative stuff there today. You know, you can sit down there uh, with uh, in front of the television with with a uh, a, a pop in your hand. There you go. <laughs> a pop or, or a piece of pie, maybe. Oh, oh yeah, uh, pizza pie. Well, piece of pie. No, I'm kidding. I haven't. I've been really good, Pastor Kirk. Well, I've not had too many pies this okay, holiday season. But, but no, you can sit no. there and you could be doing good, sitting in your home yeah. with your pie and milk, and yep. and and every day out during the day, and that that broadcast you're watching it, it it's all negative, and you, it, it's like. I'm constantly being fed a whole bunch of negative stuff about how bad you're living, how bad things are, and you get up and you feel bad you because of what you've been fed. But let me tell you that we need we need someone now to have uh, some positive, some hope, you know, instead of a whole bunch of negative. And I and I, it, it would be nice if you start hearing that from from these candidates, whether they're Republican and and more so. Uh, and I know that we're not in the prime, uh, not in the general election, so you're not going to hear much from the Democrats. But we need to have more uh, hope, you know. That what's King we talked about. That's what King gave America. That hope. that that he yeah. gave a hope, you know. Uh, uh, and and that's what what we need now. We hearing all this negative stuff. It it really destroys our hope. Uh, uh, as a people, you know, uh, so as we look at African Americans today, you know, and we, we we talk about the dream is being killed every day because of uh, right. what people are inducing into us that sense of hopelessness, you know, and we we need to have someone to show us and and to, to speak hope to us, and you know, the Bible says in First uh, Corinthians chapter thirteen, now abide these three. 
faith, hope, and love. We need to, to have more of that spoken into us, you know, of having faith and having hope and then loving one another. And what you're hearing now is not that. You know, that's why you see so many people. I mean, they start to get a gun and, and go shoot you because they have no faith, they have no hope, and they definitely don't have any love. And racism exists, but things are done in a much more uh, subtle way. Mm. They're done in a very subversive manner. They're oh, not done in uh, the very few uh, cases of the Klan out, you know, trying to lynch people. I'm sure it still exists. And actually, always, I believe it, you're absolutely right, Dave. Yeah, they exist. I'm sure it still exists, but yeah. uh, but I think it's a little more subtle. Yeah, they don't. The sheets are not there. They have bow ties and suits and right. and all that stuff looking good. So when you go, it's, it's more of a systematic racism. You know, it, it's I can I can uh, I can lynch you and you know yeah. and never have to use a rope. I do it. Do it through business means or or socioeconomic means. Then right. you've got, yeah, you've got situations like the George Floyd tragedy that happened. And after that, what occurred? What occurred? We have all these nonprofit benevolent organizations that suddenly had African American monies available for all of these organizations. Where were you at for fifty years? Yeah. Where were you at for sixty years? Oh, well, now you suddenly. Oh, we suddenly have got this money available yeah. and we've got these initiatives and we really care. We're, we're, we're down with you people. <laughs> we're, we're cool. You know, we're, we're, and it is, that, that sounds good come from you, Dave. <laughs> well, actually, <laughs> yeah, but I, I just think that it's a little insulting. It's a great, great amount insulting that suddenly this is available and the media has gone over the top trying to demonstrate that it's cool, that it's down, that it supports the, the African-American people. And, and, you know, and I think some news organizations have done a really good job of being middle of the road and just reporting the news out there. But, you know, you've got a, a, a lot of work to do in the media. We've allowed the media to run amok, and everybody went to their corner, and they came out swinging from their po political uh, side. And you got to follow the money, All right. the money behind it on the left and on the right. Yeah, they're just as guilty on the Democratic. Oh yeah, sure it there's, is. There's, yeah. There's, there's, it's where the money is. It's 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 like you you would want to hope that the the media was not biased. Yeah, but but you can't help but to see that it is. It's where where your donors come from, where your advertising donors come in, what they want. And uh, you, and that's what you tend to, to lean more toward, you know. We do have more people of color on the air. Yeah. On all of the networks. It seems like there, and, and more people who are Latino, Latinx. Uh, I don't see a great amount of Asian reporters. Maybe that's, that's our market. Yeah, that's around our market. Here. I think it's more market driven. You know, I think maybe like out in the West Coast, maybe more uh, East Coast. But uh, we're seeing more of that. So I got to hand it to the media there. But uh, I've been an observer and a participant for a long time. And I can tell you it's, it's a bit disingenuous, though, these grants that suddenly this money is available. And, you know, and I don't blame the organizations that took the money. Why not? It's being, it's made available. Ride the wave, right? And if you're using it for the for, community. That, for the community. That, yeah. Yeah. I, I can't talk, I guess. I'm, 
for businesses? I, I have a, I have a nonprofit. <laughs> oh, okay, right, right, and but there's nothing wrong with that. No. But yeah, when you get into a, a, the area of uh, entrepreneurship, we still got a lot of work to do, especially in our quad cities. And mm-hmm. maybe we should turn the focus. We got about oh, just about ten minutes to go in the Kirk and Baker show. Um, turn the focus here to the quad cities. What would King say about this area? Well, I think one of the things that he would be appalled at, especially uh, our current climate here in the Quad Cities, particularly Davenport, is uh, how uh, politicians uh, and those administrations should be more uh, open and transparent uh, to its constituents, uh, to, to the community. Uh, what we've just gone through and what we're seeing being played out in the city of Davenport now is, 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 is appalling to see how how our current administration has failed to be transparent in its dealing in that one point, what is it, 1.9 or $1.6 million given to the— Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, how other people have gotten monies uh, and— under the cover, you know, in, in suits, and and this taxpayers' money, and they don't know nothing about it, you know, until after the fact, you know, it's just it's it's appalling. It's appalling. I just, I guess I can come up with a better word. Yeah. Well, we're never going to know the full story, right? Because it's it's been covered up, and people can talk about any of the past. Uh, cover-ups that there have been allegedly in government. Um, We had the mileage scam uh, before you got to our community in the 1970s. There was a mileage scam with the Scott County Sheriff's Department, and they used their vehicles for personal use and took vacations and and other things. And I don't know what all they charged to the mileage account, but the county was paying a lot of money for mileage of personal use uh, and I think they used the sheriff's vehicles to take vacations and things like that back in the day. So you take wow. your sheriff's vehicle up to Wisconsin Dells <laughs> or or out to see Mount Rushmore and, and you charge all the gas to the county. That was going on. We've had controversies like that before, you know, um, in our community. But I don't know this this entire thing with the building that collapsed this entire uh, method by which it was handled was to me, to me was, it was misleading in a, in a lot of ways. It's that cover up thing because the building collapsed. People are dead. People died in that building. And they're underneath the rubble. And what do they want to do? Tear it down. Two days later, let's tear it down. Let's right pull away. a building down on top of the people. So there's no, there's no evidence. Yeah, we can't any. collect the evidence. We just do it right now, so there won't be no evidence collected. Right. And um, and I thought that was so. Oh man, this. Yeah, that was uh, that was surreal. That happened in May, and uh, it's a surreal event that happened in our lives. Oh yeah. And I thought the way that it was communicated at first was so poor. From a public relations standpoint, from a communication standpoint, I, I think that the city uh, definitely should have hired a professional public relations firm to be a spokesperson or to hire someone to coordinate 
those press conferences because they were mishandled. Um, a lot of things were said, as you, as you said, that they took back you know, some of the things that were said. Who would have had the ability to record all the press conferences? I mean, I'm sure somebody yeah. did, but, but to record them, some of the things, like you said, they, they talked about tearing the building down right yeah. now. And they had planned it. I mean, it's not like they, uh, we, we, we plan to tear it down that Monday. We're going to tear it down. Right. You know, and, and bodies are still there. The one, one lady who was found in the rubble who had the hand of leg amputated, you know. Yes. People are displaced and all that. People who were in the building, a lady who was in the building uh, uh, and who, I don't forgot what that what happened, but uh they had gone through the building several times. Okay, we're gonna tear it down. This woman is still in that building. It it just it just it's so quick to cover things up to make 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 us look good because they had tore the building down. They you saw oh. how fast they covered up. There's grass growing in it now. There is. Yeah, it's just which like, is really weird. Yeah, uh, it's cover up. And uh, it's interesting. There was someone who had a shirt made, and it said, "I I live in Davenport, the home of the slum lords," and I don't know what the picture was that they had, but they had that advertised, and it was in one of the storefront windows or maybe a couple of the storefront windows in downtown Davenport. Those shirts have disappeared. Mm. You know, and I'm wondering if they didn't get pressure from somebody at the city, you need to get that out of here. You want to be part of downtown Davenport, you know. And if you're you're nodding your head and you're saying, yes, everything's wonderful, well, this is just the greatest thing, then you're – you're gonna make it. You're gonna be just fine. Yeah, it, it's it, it is sad, isn't it? You, you, it is sad, and when you could see, and if, if if people could only see, and this guy was, uh, Wold, who was the owner of the property, um, he's got all sorts of issues now. You know, he's got all sorts of, of sorts of issues because he's apparently selling a lot of his properties. He's probably got a lot of uh, legal recourse going I'm on sure. that, that I'm sure is not public. But but we'll see how much liquid cash he's got, because that's probably why he's having to sell these properties to come up with liquid cash to pay people. Yeah, well, you'd probably be be surprised if you speeding over a little bit, you know, you're going to get stopped with a ticket. So many people being pulled over now. Tickets. Oh, maybe I'll get pulled over. Yeah. I'm mean, talking tickets, about it. We, yeah. we, you know, somebody got to pay for all these uh, lawsuits that the city is, yeah, is wrapping well, up, you know. So. And the city, the city, <laughs> the transparency is important. And King would say that. Oh, yeah. Sure. He, he would, because you, you could see how he brought attention, wherever he went, he brought attention uh, to, like as we said before we died, uh, the garbage strike there in Memphis and, and other places that where he went, all because he's standing up for right and righteousness and to let the country know that this is really what's happening, you know. Uh, and, and there's still so many people now, in spite of the dream, they, they, they are still asleep, but they not have no consciousness of how to achieve and how to, to bring this this dream that Dr. King had into fruition. Uh, and so they sit back nonchalant as we are in the city to let the city do all these things. Nobody is really speaking up and, you know, and, and, and protests against this, you know, to have an election and never bring that up about the lawsuits and none of that stuff yeah. is, is appalling, man. It's, yeah. You were down there with the people praying. Yeah, yeah. down there with them because and, I, I and, knew. Uh, and, you know, the Catholic Church opened its doors up. Father Rudy Juarez yeah. opened the doors up and let the people in to pray. And he used that as a um, 
a place of refuge for people for a while. Right, yeah. he did. Yeah. Down at uh, St. Anthony's St. Anthony, Catholic he, Church, yeah. yeah. Father Root is a fine, fine priest. I wonder if he could play basketball. I'm going to have to talk to him about being on my team if we do a two-on-two. You know, to get somebody. You know, the problem with anyway. with, with Father Rudy, <laughs> yeah. Father with Father, problem with Father Rudy is he's too short. But he's really strong. But he works out all the time. So see, I I got you there. He probably could make some good free throws, better than me. <laughs> anyway, but back to it. But you're you are right on target. Uh, we had an election. Uh, it wasn't brought up. Uh, it wasn't talked about. We still have the 800, they always say the 800-pound gorilla in the room yeah. is that building. Mm-hmm. And we had people that protested and they camped out for weeks on end. The whole summer of 23, they were outside and trying to get attention. And I don't think they ever had their questions answered. They just gave up no. eventually. Well, they well, had to get on with their lives. Well, yeah, they, and I think that's what it was, you know, but two. You know, they did accomplish. They they stopped them from tearing the building down at that yeah. time, and that's how we were able to find those individuals who were underneath the rubble. You know, so but the the real thing is, uh, someone said, "Follow the money, follow the money, follow the money, follow the money," and uh, and I think that when we do that, we can find out who are who is responsible. You know, the city administrator resigned. You know, a couple other individuals resigned. That's a serious thing, too. Oh, All yeah. A bunch of your top administration. And they make really good money. Building inspector. I think it was the main building inspector. Yeah. Uh, they make a living wage and then some. And the hours that they have to work definitely are 8 to 4.30 or whatever <laughs> they say. I mean, they don't have to come in on the weekends. They don't have to do events representing the city with a table and a banner or something like that. They don't have to go do a live broadcast like we do on the radio station. They don't have to uh, interview people. They they basically just go around. If you're the if you are the main inspector, you basically have other people doing the inspection mm-hmm. work. Yeah. And then that information. And you sign off on it. And you sign off on it. Apparently what, they signed off on a lot of things. That's what they signed off on. That I, I, don't, I don't think I'd trust too much of that uh, <laughs> that was signed off on because apparently they said it was safe and it sure wasn't safe. Absolutely. And uh, that's why after that, you notice that there was a lot of concern about other buildings. Yeah. Quite a few buildings yeah. that were older. They said, oh, wait, what about that one? What about this one? The freight house was looked at at right. one point. Yeah. Yeah, they, they, long, there's a tension, people to do something, but, you know, you take the tension off of it, they go right back to normal. I think we've gone back to the norm. Yeah. You know. Well, if Dr. King was here, he would be mad. Yeah. And he would stand up. Uh, and But we, we can only hope and pray that the people listening to us at least are aware. Right. And, and know that there are people who do know that what can we do? We can we can only vote, right? That's what right. we can do: vote and get involved in our community, in our city, in the county. Um, and what did the county do in, in this? I even asked I asked that question right after you, this happened. Yeah. What did the county do? Question mark. Where was the county emergency communications? Question mark. And I heard nothing. I heard crickets. We should we should have a cricket sound effect that comes in. <laughs> 
because there was nothing. It was a major event. We were on the news all across the United States of America and the world. It was a major event. Hmm. And you would think that they would have, the county resources would have been there. Davenport, what did they say? We've got this all taken care of. It's fine. Everything's okay. So in any case, we can't solve all the world's problems, but we want to wish everyone a happy Martin Luther King Day. Um, It's not necessarily just a day off, but it's a day of service and a day of reflection. And and I always think, what would King think? What would he do? Are we? Would we meet up to his standards? And I think we got some work to do yet. (laughs) Yeah, my encouragement to our listeners is that nothing changed without we getting involved in change. Nothing happens by osmosis. We have to get out and make the change. One, we have to vote. We have to make and hold our uh, representatives accountable in order for things to change. And we must be consistent in doing so. There you go. Consistency. Consistency. And stay by your, you know, you've got some morals and you've got uh, some principles that you live by, so stand by them. Stand by them. It's almost like standing by your man. I mean, no. That was that. Oh, Tammy, Tammy Wynette sang yeah. that. Well, stand, well, you were saying stand I'm by. I'm not going to try to sing oh, that. You, your song is stand by your pumpkin pie. <laughs> stand by my pumpkin pie. <laughs> I've been really good, though, this entire holiday season. I did, I take that back. I had a piece of pumpkin pie. One of the students brought it for me. And then I had a piece of, oh my gosh, it was really good. And it was probably the most decadent pie I've ever had. It was some kind of peanut butter, peanut butter cup pie. Oh, it was so good. I'm sure it couldn't have been good for me at all. So I did have two pieces of pie this holiday season. But, uh, you know, she works at Village Inn, so that... uh, that is how I ended up with the pie over here. So she said, oh, would you like a piece of pie? I'm like, oh, okay. I had some down-home sweet potato pie. Oh, I bet it was good. Right from out of Mississippi. <laughs> I bet it was good. Oh, fantastic, fantastic. Yeah. Well, Rogers Kirk, we have uh, gone a little over the time we said, but we had important things to talk about as we get ready for Martin Luther King Day 2024. And... Uh, 60 years ago, some 60 years ago, it was 1964. So we're getting into that era of we're going to have all these 60th anniversary uh, remembrances of King. And coming up in 2028 will be 60th anniversary of of his loss, of his, mm-hmm. of his assassination. So, so that's all coming. All right, and we, we got we to gotta do better. We, we have to. And we, uh, on the Dave and Kirk show... <laughs> You're here telling and talking more about how we can make this place a better place. We'll bring some guests on, too, to talk about uh, how people can get registered to vote and to run for office. Mm -hmm. If we want to see change, maybe we need to get some people elected. Absolutely. Not not Kirk and Baker's people, but people for the people. (laughs) (laughs) We're we're just voters, too. People for the people. People for the people. There you go. Hey, let's make stickers. This is the Kirk and Baker Show. I'm David Baker. And I'm Rogers Kirk. Thanks for listening. Thank you.